14, Mark chapter number 9, verse number 14. The Lord's had me in these verses uh, seemingly this week and directed my heart uh, to this chapter. And uh, Lord willing, tonight, if the Lord don't change my heart, we'll be back in Mark chapter number 9, uh, looking at it from a different, uh, from a different angle. Uh, but this morning, if the Lord helped me, uh, we're going to begin reading in verse number 14. Mark's Gospel, chapter number 9, the Bible says this, And when he came to his disciples, he saw the great multitude about them, and the scribes questioning with them. And straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed, running to him, saluting him. And he asked the scribes, What question ye with them? One of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. Wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth, and gnasheth with his teeth, and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. Verse 19, he answered him, said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him. And when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him. And he fell on the ground and wallowed upon him. And he asked his father, How long is it ago since this came? unto him. And he said of a child, and oft times he cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and shed with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him, and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried, and read him sore, came out of him. And he was one dead, insomuch that many said, He is Dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he was come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could not we cast him out? He said unto them, This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. And they departed thence and passed through Galilee. He would not that any man should know it. Let's go to the Lord in the word of prayer. Pray with us and for us this morning. I hear my Father, in the precious name of the Lord Jesus, I come before you this morning. Lord God, we thank you, Lord, for one more time allowing us to be in your house. Father, thank you, dear God, for allowing us to be able to break open the bread of life. Father, thank you for what our ears have heard and our heart has felt in the singing service. Dear God, we thank you for that. But now, Lord God, as it's come to preaching time, I pray, Lord, you hide me behind the cross of Calvary. Father, I need a fresh touch this morning. I pray, Lord God, that you give me that whichever man of God stands in need of. Lord, I realize this morning that you can do this without me. 
But Lord, I do realize this morning I cannot do this without you. And I pray you receive honor to your precious and your holy name. We give you all the honor and all the glory now for what you do in our midst. In Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen and amen. When we begin looking at Mark chapter number 9, when you begin to be begin to look back at this verse, you'll notice uh, that Jesus, in the earlier part of chapter number 9, uh, Brother Josh, he takes Peter, James, and John up on the mountain of transfiguration. It was going to be on that mountain when the Lord Jesus was going to reveal himself in all of his glory up to Peter, James, and John. Now, as we look at the text we read this morning, uh, we find just like it is in the Christian life, we know that Peter, James, and John uh, did not stay on the mountain because we understand uh, that the Christian life, thank God it is mountain times, but there are times when we have to come off the mountain and go down to the valley. And so now Jesus, Peter, James, and John, uh, they come off the mountain, and when they come off the mountain, they're there at the bottom of the mountain. The Bible says that the multitude uh, begin to gather themselves around Jesus because it was very, very well noted in that day uh, that wherever Jesus would show up, you could mark it down, there seemingly was going to be a miracle. And the crowd would not follow Jesus uh, because of the lessons that He would teach. They wouldn't follow Jesus uh, because of the messages that He was going to preach. But rather, they were going to follow Him because they wanted to see the miracles that He would do. We find in this text this morning, that in this particular account, we find that there's a daddy that in the midst of this multitude, he begins to talk uh, to the Lord Jesus. We notice in verse number 16, it says this, or verse number 17, and one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. When I begin to look at this daddy, I, I begin as it grip my heart as I begin to look at his life and I begin to notice what was going on at this particular time in his life. And we will find out that it was not something that just started that day, but it was something that he had been going through for a very long time. He begins to tell the Lord Jesus about his burden. He begins to tell the Lord Jesus about the situation of that he's in. When I noticed this text this morning, as the Lord began to deal with my heart, as this daddy is, is, is talking uh, to the Lord Jesus, I noticed that he's got a burden. I noticed he's got things in his life that are not like he wished they would be. When I looked at this text, something I noticed, and we're going to go back and keep the Bibles open, but look what Jesus says in verse number 19. He says, the answer him, said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. Bring him unto me. Who's that him there? It's that daddy's son. Y'all agree with me this morning when we look at this morning. We understand that this was a situation in this daddy's life that was a trial. This was a situation in this daddy's life that was troubling him. This was a situation in this daddy's life that he needed God to do something new. What Jesus said, bring him unto me. If the Lord had been my helper this morning, I want to preach on this thought, on bring it all to him. Bring it all to him. When I noticed this daddy, I began to notice three things about him in the text, I notice first of all, notice with me the boy that was taught. 
the boy that was called. When I begin to look at this text, I, I notice this daddy's son. The Bible talks about, I noticed that uh, it was his boy. If you go back and you read Matthew chapter 17, and even in Luke chapter number 9, you'll find the same account uh, that's given about this boy. All three accounts talk about the same story. Matthew, Mark, and John, or Luke. John's the only one that doesn't mention it. But Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they talk about uh, what's going on here in this text. And every single one of them lets us know a little bit more than the other one did. When I notice about in Luke, this is what he said about the boy. It was his only son. See, in Mark, all we know is it was his child. It was his son. But Luke lets us know that it was his only son. So you can imagine, parents, put yourself in this a daddy situation as, as his boy, his flesh and blood. I mean, it's his only uh, It seemingly lets you believe that it's his only son. And maybe it could have been his only child. We don't know if, if he even had a wife. The Bible never mentions anything about the mother. It never mentions anything about the wife. All we know is there's a daddy that's got an only son. When I begin to look at this, it begin to burden my heart. Because I begin to put myself in this daddy's shoes as he is seeing his boy go through situations that are out of his control. You'll notice as I looked about this boy that was called, I noticed he was bound. The Bible tells us in Mark 9 that he had a dumb and deaf spirit. It'll tell us he has a foul spirit. When I begin to look at that dumb and deaf spirit, we find that this boy was demon-possessed. This boy had a, a demon that had possessed him. And you'll go on and find out that Jesus asked him, when did this start, Brother Keith? And this is what he'll say. It started since he was a child. You see, we realize, parents, we think a lot of times, if we're not careful, we think that the devil wants our children when they get grown up. We think that the devil wants our children when they go off and they get married and they have a home of their own. But you know what we find? Oh, when the devil got his grip on this boy, it was not when he was a grown man. It was not when he had a family of his own. But the Bible lets us know it was when he was a child. You better hear me here when we got young people uh, that just went to the back. You better believe me, believe me this morning. Oh, that the devil's already got them in their crosshairs. He already wants them. He's already trying to find out a way uh, to destroy and ruin their life. He's not wanting to get them when he's old. He's not listening to that. He'll try his best to do it then if he can't do it now. But you better hear me. He wants my babies right now. That when he was a child. We don't know what caused it. We don't know what happened to cause it. The Bible doesn't tell us. My mind begins to speculate, no doubt. Many things that could have been the reason why that this boy has gotten into the situation he's in. We find there was a dumb and deaf spirit. When I begin to look at that, it, you'll find that Luke or, or, or uh, Matthew will tell us he was a lunatic. Back in those days, we think a lunatic, we think somebody crazy. We think we call him he's a lunatic. Sometimes we'll say that jokingly. He's a lunatic. But back in those days, when they would call somebody a lunatic, we look at that word luna, the first part of the word luna, and it talks about a moon, you know, the moon, the moon. And this is what they would teach back in those days. If somebody was called a lunatic, it was because they would have what they call epilepsy. We've all heard of that, right? Out of control. They couldn't control themselves. 
And this is what they would say. Those that didn't believe Jesus was the Son of God, they believed there was many gods. This is what they'd say. The reason why he's a lunatic is because he sinned against the moon god. That's what they would say. They, they called him a lunatic. You find that when we look at that word lunatic, it shows us that he is one that when the devil would begin to trouble his life, he would begin to be one that was out of control. He was one that seemingly had no self-control about his life. When he talks about the deaf and dumb spirit, that lets us see a little more. It lets us see that he's one that when people would talk to him, he would be there with a blank stare on his face. They would talk to him, but there would seemingly be no response. And even when he talks about that dumb spirit, it means that when he would speak, he would run along and wouldn't make no sense. Mark lets us know he had a deaf and dumb spirit. Matthew tells us he was a lunatic. We find Luke talks about it, talks about he has an unclean spirit. Means that what it would cause him to do would be unclean things. Now, do remember in Mark chapter number 5 that there was a man that was demon possessed. And when that man was demon possessed, he ran within the chains. And the Bible said this he was naked. No man could clothe him. No man could chain him. He was seemingly out of control. We don't understand. We don't, we don't, we don't know all of what happened to this boy. But what I begin to notice is, is this demon had him bound. It happened since he was a child. Maybe something that just started yesterday, but it's seemingly something that's been going on since this little boy was a little boy. Maybe he's grown up now. Maybe he's a teenager. I don't know. Maybe he's a, a, maybe he's a grown man. I don't know. But this is what I do know. There's a daddy that's looking at his boy and it's breaking his heart as he sees this boy that's failed by the devil. Let me say to you this morning, you may be sitting here, you may have a child, you may have a family member, you may have a friend. That we can say it like this, it may not be to the point where you'll say they're demon possessed, but you can say it like this, they sure are demonically oppressed. Anybody ever been, anybody ever been oppressed by the devil? You may have done anything for God you've been. Anybody ever been suppressed by the devil where it seemed like he was weighing you down? It seemed like he was uh, pushing the weight of the world down on your shoulders? How about this? You know anybody that might be demonically depressed? Come on, I'm not just heavy. It's going to help me. Amen? Anybody know anybody like that? This world is full of people that are oppressed. This world is full of people that are suppressed. This world is full of people that are depressed. Heard about a young lady just this week. Took her own life. You go look at they say the number say the number two cause of death among young people is suicides. Y'all hear me? I say that one more time. They say that the number two death among young people is suicide. Amen. When it seems like they got so much vitality. When it seems like they got so much ahead of them. When it seems like the whole world is ahead of them and the sky is their limit. You know what they're doing? The devil has persuaded this generation that there's no hope for them. This devil has persuaded them that this generation has nothing to offer them. We're seeing what the world has to offer. It offers them suicide. Amen. But I'm glad, thank God, I serve a God. He don't require you to take your life. Thank God he laid down his life. He come to give us life. And he come to give us life more abundantly. This boy was in a mess. He was bound. I find he was not only bound, but he was bruised. Look at the adjectives that the word that it describes about his situation. Look with me in verse 18. Look what it says. 
It says, wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him. Y'all see that? He teareth him. I looked at that word of teareth. You know what it means? It has the idea of convulsions. It has the idea of when this demon would begin to trouble him. Listen, it was not all the time thing. But when it would happen, he would begin to convulse and he would begin to spasm out. He would seemingly be to where there was no help for him. Then he looked at him and said, He carried him. He's convulsing. He, there's nothing I can do for him. When he gets in that position, there's nothing I can do to help him. He carried him. I noticed, I'm only about to bridge the him. I noticed this the Bible talks about he foamed at the mouth. You know, think of foaming. This is what it means. It means to spittle, to come out of the mouth without any control. This boy would begin to drool and foam at the mouth to where it would begin to soak his clothes. It drooled and run down his face. And he couldn't control himself. And, and Brother Keith, he's just sitting there. He's convulsing. He's foaming at the mouth. And the whole entire time this is going on, that daddy's over there trying to do everything he can to help his boy. He's a foaming. I notice this. The Bible says that he gnashes with his teeth. It means he grits his teeth. When they say, when I look this up, it has the idea of one that y'all think about somebody that takes his hand on a chalkboard and begins to take his fingernails and rub it down that chalkboard and the screeching sound that comes from that. This is what was coming from this boy as he was having these convulsions. As he was foaming at the mouth, he was gritting his teeth to where everybody was around him. No doubt would probably hold their ears. Because of the pain that would come from it. We see he gnashes with his teeth. We see he falling through his mouth. We see him tearing himself. But how about this? The Bible goes on to say he pineth away. Y'all know what the word pineth means? It means to waste away. Y'all with me this morning? Nod your head. Somebody say amen. Some of y'all looking at me like, yeah, I share that every day. Amen. But God, he's pining away. He's wasting. Anybody ever walked out to a garden that hadn't been dealt with, that hadn't been, hadn't been watered, and the sun, Brother Terry, has just, just the heat has just built it away. You walk up to it and his leaves are so crinkled up, and, and, and you'll see the remains of what used to be. That's what we get that word pine, pine away. The daddy has watched his boy. He has watched him gnash. He's watched him foam at the mouth. He's watched convulsions happen. He sees it being torn all apart. And while, he, while he's watching his little boy being torn apart, he feels his own heart within him just simply being torn all apart. This is what he said. He sees the scars of sin on this young boy's life. Anybody ever seen pictures of somebody that's gotten on drugs and you'll see what they used to be? And it'd be a young, beautiful young lady. It'd be a young, a young boy that uh, seemingly looks like uh, the, the head of his class. And you'll turn around and you'll see what drugs have done to him. You'll think there's no way that's the same person. No, we this one. There's no way that's the same person. Ain't it amazing how the devil will show you the good side of sin? Ain't it amazing that the devil will show up and show you oh, that there is pleasure in sin? You better believe me this morning. There is pleasure in sin. He'll show you that side of the billboard that looks appealing. He'll show you that side of the billboard uh, where you'll be the number one in the crowd. He'll show you that part of the billboard where everybody will sing your praises. But why don't the devil just turn that billboard around and show you the lives that's been ruined, show you the lives that's been torn apart? See, I don't know why this boy was possessed. I don't know why, but I do see in the text what the devil was doing to him. He was wasting. 
his life. Some of you might be here this morning and be in that boat and say, I've got a child. I've got a loved one. I've got a friend. I've got someone dear in my life. They're pining themselves away. I can see them wasting away. That's where this daddy is at. He's watching his boy. Put yourself in his shoes. How would you feel this morning, Mama, if that was your boy? That you tried your best to do something for him, but the more you tried, you couldn't do anything else. You would talk to him and he just stares at you. At times I've talked to people and I know they was in a mess and I try to talk to them and I give them the gospel and it just be a blank stare as they stared at me. And you can tell that this is being respectful. He was ringing the doorbell but wasn't nobody at home. They had a stare look in their eyes. He was talking to them but they wasn't listening. And it seemed like that you, anybody ever been where you was praying? And it seemed like they were getting a little bit better. And it seemed like they were getting their life back together. And you can say, Lord, you're answering my prayers. His life is getting a little bit better. Everything seems like it's getting a little bit better. And then all of a sudden you get that phone call that they're locked back up in jail. And you're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself, how in the world did this happen? The last time I talked to them, everything was going well. Everything was going good. You know why? Because when the devil gets his teeth stuck in you, listen, friend, it's only going to be by the grace of God that you'll be able to get released from the dead. Young people, listen to me this morning. The devil's not your friend. This world's not your friend. He wants to destroy your life. I remember a young boy. I was preaching at a church. And he sat on the back row with Josh. That morning I preached and my preached for the Ruby wept through the whole service. I ain't talking about little crocodile tears. I'm talking about wiping snot from his nose, tears pouring out. I mean, he was taking his shirt and he was just weeping. And while I was preaching, I thought, Mark, get him, Holy Ghost. Get him, Holy Ghost. I'll be honest with you, when I gave an invitation, I said, I'm going to get saved. Get him. Right. Next Sunday I preached, I sat back in the back row, but he preached. He wept again. So that big baby gets saved. That just happened to be the last Sunday there at Brooks there. Lord burned my heart by it. One day I was talking to one of the members from there. I asked him, I said, how's the so-and-so doing? He said, I, I meant to tell you. Um, we got the news just a week ago and he hung himself. And I asked him, well, Donnie, I said, what happened? They said he was a real bad alcoholic. His wife told him that if he didn't quit, she's going to leave him. He had a, a, a brand new baby girl. While he was back there weeping, he was holding that baby. And the mama took the baby away from him and she said, I'm going to bring him up in that life. Bring her up in that life. And she left him. He felt like there was nothing he could do. So he hung himself. I hung that phone up. And I wept. And I said, Lord, why did you move? Why didn't you move? And this is where is we look and we, we're saved and we see what God's done in our life. And we look at people sitting on the pew and we ask ourselves, why don't they just move? Why don't they just do this? Why don't they just do that? And I tell you a lot of times why it is. It's because they bought into the life of their And they're going to watch their life. Finally. Here's this daddy. He's tried everything. I know his sister. He says, I brought you to your disciples. I mean, I, I thought if there was anywhere I could get some help, I brought him to your disciples. 
make it in heaven. Anybody ever brought a prayer request about an evening life? If you thought of anybody, if you had to pray for the heaven, it'd be the church. Just to find out, it seemed like the more the church prayed for them, the more crazier the worse the situation got. You haven't been there, but every way you will be there. Well, you said, I thought it'd get better, Lord, if we started praying for it. You see, this boy that was called. But then I noticed praying it all to him. I noticed talking about this daddy. I know the burden that he brought. You see, when I look at this text, we see this daddy. Who all would agree with me? When we look at this boy's life, it would burden any parent that was worth his salt. Is there any parents in here would say if that was your child, then it would burden your heart? You want to know something this morning? We'll give, we'll give you a little headline. You want to know something? It may be your child. Breaks my heart. You want to know something? It could be my child. But I'll be honest with you. It's happened to better parents than me. I know daddy's right now with pastor of churches, good churches, but their kids are going wild. And they're saying, I raised them up in church. I did everything that the Lord told me to do. And it seemed like the more I do, the more I brought them up. And I raised them in Sunday school. I raised them in vacation Bible school. I brought them to revival meeting. They were there Sunday morning. They were there Sunday night. They were there Wednesday night. You know, they don't even have nothing to do with church. I can take a bunch of them. You know what that lets me know? It happened to them. It happened to me. That's right. You parent, listen to me. You don't think it can happen to you? You may be the very next one that happens to you. Man, if they can just stand it, take heed, lest he falls. There was the burden that he brought. Look what this daddy does. I notice his seeking. His seeking. Y'all notice in the text, he mentions that I brought him to the disciples and they could not heal him. But you know what's amazing, Brother Josh? I find in verse number 17, listen to what it says. And one of the multitude answered the master, I brought unto thee my son. Y'all see that? Which hath a dumb spirit. You know what I find that's interesting about this man's burden? Would y'all listen to me? You know what I find that's amazing about this man's burden? Is it was a real burden. You know how I know it was a real burden? Because he said, when I brought it to the disciples, they could not heal him. But ain't it amazing that this daddy was not going to take no for an answer? Now, with me, this daddy was not going to take no of Lord You know why? Because this daddy knew that there had to be somewhere, there had to be someone that could help his boys. Something wrong when we say we have a burden and we weep over it today, and then we find ourselves the next day and there's seemingly nothing, seemingly bothers, bothers us about it at all. I'll be, I'll be real surprised if that was even a burden at all. Now, with me, he had it since he was a child. You know what I believe? Brother Keith, I believe this man looked every high. He went every low. He tried everywhere. He tried every synagogue. He tried every Pharisee. He tried every Sadducee. He tried every disciple. He tried everyone. He tried everything he possibly could. He'd take him over here to this doctor. He'd put him over here in the rehabilitation clinic. He'd run over here and he'd put him in drug rehab. He'd run over here and he'd put him in the AA. He tried everything he knew to do. And nothing seemingly got better. But he didn't 
take no for an answer. He said, you know what? I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to lay down. I'm not going to quit because my boy is worth going on for. My boy is worth to keep on knocking. My boy is worth to keep on trying. My boy, he wasn't going to let his boy die and go to hell. He had a burden. He was seeking. He didn't quit seeking. Now, tell you this, you might have a child in here and you tried everything, you've done everything, and they're seemingly getting worse. I gotta give you, don't quit, don't quit, don't quit. But you keep on looking, you keep on asking, you keep on knocking, you just keep on seeking. This is what he said. I brought it to you. I brought it to you. Who all would agree with me this morning? He's a good one to bring it to. I said, he's a real, a real, real good one to bring it to. Amen? And ain't you glad I found in the text when the Bible says that he brought him to Jesus? You know what Jesus told him? Bring him to me. I got good news. You want to know something this morning? Jesus wants you to bring it to him. Jesus wants you to bring it to him. But notice in the text, he kept on seeking. But look what he brings him to Jesus. Jesus goes in verse number, I believe it's verse 23, and he said, Thou believest all things are possible. This is what the day says. The Bible said, cried out. This is what he said, and with tears. He says, I believe. But help out my unbelief. You see, I see that is sorrowing. Y'all see the tears? I look at that word of crying. You know what it means? It means to have an O. Oh, now a lot of you may not say, what's the big deal about oh? Do y'all remember the old times when they would pray? You'd hear them say, oh, God. Oh, God. You'd say, what, the Lord don't they have anything else to say? But you know what they were doing? They were praying what Paul said in Romans. They were groaning for those that could not be uttered. They were groaning in words. You ever been praying? And he, and he was trying to tell the Lord, well, how you felt within your heart, you was trying to give the Lord that burden. You was, you was trying to pour your heart out to God. And it seemed like words just flew away from you. And you had no words to describe how you were feeling. That's where this day is at. When Jesus looks at him and says, if, I, if you believe all things are possible, and the daddy looks up at him, and I believe the daddy with tears running down his eyes, he says, oh, I believe. Oh, I believe. Oh, help thou my unbelief. You want to say what I found this burden did this year? He drove me tears. He drove me tears. Let me ask you this question this morning. When's the last time that a burden drove you to tears? When's the last time you wept over anything? You know what I found in most Baptist churches? Because that's the only ones I go to. You know what I found in most Baptist churches? They're so dry-eyed as last year's burden is. They ain't wept over nothing. Amen? Amen, that's right. They ain't wept over anything since, since I don't know, but since old yellow died. Amen? The sinners are dying. And go to hell. You hear me? And we say this, this said we say, I'm not taking no for an answer. My heart is burning. I mean, it goes to the Lord and he starts crying. When's the last time, Mama? You got so burdened over your babies that drove you to tears. When's the last time you got so burdened that you got on the altar and you started weeping? 
said, oh God, help me. You know what we do a lot of times? You know what we do a lot of times? This is how we do it. This is how, this is how it comes out. Well, Lord, they got a job. They're going to college. I mean, they got to make a straight A's. They're the number one on their ball team. I mean, they got, they're doing good in school. They're not, they're not running around with the drug crowd. They're not running around with the alcohol crowd. They're, they're, they're being faithful to school. They're there when the church doors are open up. And that's all well and good. Somebody say amen for that. But they ain't never been saved. Y'all do realize. It don't matter if your son is batting a thousand or batting It don't matter if he's throwing 30 out of 30 touchdown passes. It don't matter if he's not throwing an interception all year long. It don't matter if he makes straight A's and thank God for every one of those. I'm looking for my kids to do that, but you hear me, hear me well. If they gave the whole world and lose their own soul, they'll die and go to the devil's hell. But I want to say on the that King James Bible, if my boys go to hell, if my little girl goes to hell, they'll have to go over my tears. They'll have to go over my own. I had to go away from because I don't want the world to drag my babies to hell. The church sits on the church pew and sinners come in and sinners walk out and they don't wet shed no tears. They ain't burned. They just come in as business as usual and they walk out as business late. They just go home and they eat their food and nothing seemingly ever bothers us anymore. Does it bother you that it don't bother you? I don't know if I got away two Sunday mornings. I preached my heart out and begged God. I, I begged God throughout the week, God, save somebody. God, save somebody. And I come in here and I preach. And you know what troubles me? is that no sinners move. But you don't know what else bothers me more than that. I preached with a pastor's heart this morning. It's not only the sinners that ain't being moved. It's the saints that ain't being moved. There ain't no sinners being moved. Say amen or on me. Y'all know it's right. We come in here, we sit on our pew, on our good pickup, and say, Lord, bless me if you can. And there are sinners that are dying and going to hell. Our young people are dying and going to hell. If you don't know you, if this generation don't want nothing to do with God, they don't want nothing to do with God. Thank God we got some young people that do want to have something to do with God. But listen, listen, thank God they do. But for every one of them that do, there's a whole bunch of them that don't. People, they come to church and this is what they hear. They see more people get tore up over this and that. They get more tore up because he didn't say my name. He didn't brag on my pie. He didn't brag on my cooking. I swept the floor and he didn't brag on me. And while they're more tore up about that, their babies are dying and going to hell. I'm upset because he didn't ask me to sing. But while they're sitting on their pew, they got three or four grandchildren. If they don't get saved, they're going to die in their head. This daddy wasn't that kind of daddy. They said, oh God, I don't care. I, I just need you to do it. God, my boy, I don't know how much longer I have. I mean, he's fallen into the fire. He's fallen into the water. I don't know. The last time it happened to him, I thought he was a donor. I thought he would die, but he's still here. And Lord, if you don't touch him, I don't know how much longer I have. Don't hear me this morning. We don't know how much longer we have. No, no, realize what's going on in this world. Right there out the road in Jacksonville, a man shot a girl and shot a four-year-old little baby in the head. And then went on and took his own life. That's in Jacksonville, y'all. I don't know if y'all know this stuff. That's just right up the road. We're not talking about something in Atlanta. We're not talking about something in Birmingham. We're talking about something that's less than an hour's drive away. There are people.
they hear me, they hear me well. Mom and daddy, they ain't waiting to come get you. They come right now and they have a full steam ahead. He wants to ruin your marriage. He wants to trouble your home. He wants to make your life. But I pray to God we get some Christians that say, not on my dead body. I ain't giving up my babies. Not on my dead body. Listen, I wish to God there'd be some mamas that have said, I brought them into this world. I brought them through the jaws of death. And they not going to go to hell on my watch. We say, we say this. Where's the grandmother at? Where's the grandmother at? They're say, I ain't letting my grandbabies go to hell. I ain't letting my nieces and my nephews go to hell. I'm not letting my grandbabies go to hell. Somebody say that. I'm not letting my grandbabies go to hell. We sit on the keys and we don't do anything. We come in and we sign. We feel so good about our step. I'm glad you're here this morning. I really am. They beat the preachers in the pews. Hear me this morning. Does it bother you that you're not bothered? I never forget. It was one Sunday night. We left church and was walking up that side door with Josh. And I walked past this altar right here. And I saw teardrops. I took a picture of it. It stained the altar where somebody was weeping. But you'll know. I thank God there was that spot right there. But you'll know what else is troubling about that. This whole section right here, all that over there, it should be the norm that we see tears on the altars. It ought to be the norm that we see these altars flooded with tears. Let me ask you this. I wonder when the last time somebody had to go change the tissue box. This one's empty. This one's empty too. I hope it's because somebody's used it. More than blowing another, nose, somebody say amen. You know what my prayer is? We get such a burden that we have to change the tissue box out every Sunday. Not because we blow it our snotty noses. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Not because of COVID. Somebody say amen for that right there. We're blowing our noses because we're burdened over 70 times going to We see this daddy got a burden. I could go on preach long enough this morning. Close with this. I see his sincerity. Y'all see that? He got honest with God. This is what he says, Brother Josh. I believe. Y'all see that? I believe. This is what he says, Miss Brenda. Help thou my unbelief. We're going to look more at this tonight. But you know what I believe he's saying? Brother Rudy? This is what I believe he said. Lord, I believe he can. But I wonder if he will. I've seen you do it for them. But the part where I have a struggle is that we can do it for me. You ever found yourself saying, Lord, I know you can. I just don't know if you will. Let me tell you the time of faith has swelled up in my heart. We're not too far behind faith. Doubt will begin to creep in. And I find myself saying, Lord, I believe to help down my own Everybody say it in this morning. Brother Don, if you would, brother, if you come to the piano, just play on the piano this morning. I've said 